Welcome to the Become Fire podcast, a ministry of the Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit. If you'd like to learn more about this community, visit them on the web at www.becomefire.faith. That's dot F-A-I-T-H. Now, here are the Friars. Hello, and welcome to the Become Fire podcast. It is your host, Father Peter Teresa McConnell, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, in podcasting, my brothers in religion, and my friends in life, Deacon Elijah Delello and Brother Paul Grotman. It's nice to no longer be called servant, <laughs> but friend. You are my friend if you do what I command you. <laughs> well, I mean, but I'm not the Lord, so I can't say that to you. Well, you actually, I mean, you're kind of the superior right now. So He's more than kind true. of the superior. He is the superior <laughs> true. Right Father Anthony is away for the summer, so I am the, the local superior. I am in charge of these two. Hooligans. Oh, here but, we go. But, but shout out to Father Anthony. Can't wait till you get back. <laughs> Talk about the authority and we're reduced to hooligans. No, I can't wait for Father Anthony to get back either. I'm just keeping the seat warm for you, Father. I have no desire to, to do what you do. Um, I'm, I'm happy that he is in charge and, and I have, you know, my job in the community, but we do miss him. Other than that, we actually miss him because we like him too. Yes, we do like, we him also call him friend as well. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's our friend. He is currently, believe it or not, he's, uh, retreating in Assisi right now. Yes. He's walking up to the, the hermitage that Francis prayed at and hanging out in the woods and just sleeping on rocks and preaching to the birds, preaching to birds and we're, uh, we're excited he's going to come back and he, he might, you know. Be preaching to the bird. <laughs> <laughs> preaching to the cactus. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that's our good friend, Father Anthony. That's what he's been up to. Uh, brothers, what have you been up to this this summer, these past couple of weeks? I guess just a, a shout out to the Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit that I'm also a part of. But yeah, seven years. So we celebrated we just, that yesterday. We just, uh, if you're, yeah, we just celebrated our seven universities yeah, community. So that's. June 29th, Bishop Olmsted uh, canonically established us. Yes. And I recently had, uh, I'm five years in Vallis now, so that's also really Another exciting. Another anniversary. Yeah, so it's been a... a June is chock full of anniversaries. June is chock full of anniversaries. Yeah. So it's been, a, it's been a month of partying, that's which has right. been pretty We've nice. just been partying hard over here. Chock full of nuts. Is <laughs> whenever, you, whenever I hear that, I just always think of that coffee commercial. I don't know that coffee yeah, I don't commercial. know it either. Really? Chock full of coffee? Chock full of nuts is that heavenly coffee. I don't think you can sing that. I think it's a copyright infringement. Is it really? I think we're. I think this podcast can be banned now. Wow. <laughs> but uh, I still or know. they can pay. When, us when was that? When was that? When was that on the TV? On the telly? I don't know. I don't on know. the it was, it was back in the day. It was old, older, back oldish. In the day. I don't even know what coffee you're referencing. Yeah, chock full of nuts. The coffee itself is called chock full of nuts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Great. Well, this podcast is also chock full of nuts. Uh, <laughs> and we are now going to return to our subject matter after we have uh, entertained I'm never ourselves. sharing my memories again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Keep your obscure references to yourself, Deacon. <laughs> uh, so we are doing uh, part two this week of the Eucharist, but this is part whatever, five or six, four, I don't know, of our- We're sac- in it, man. We're, we're in, in it. it. We're in it deep. Of our series on the sacraments. Uh, so we're in the middle of our series on the sacraments. And because the Eucharist is the sacrament par excellence, we have broken it up into two parts. And so, uh, brothers, we we want to just talk about 
what we would call the the matter and the the form of the Eucharist. So I would just like to read to you first uh, from the Gospel of Luke. This is chapter 22 and verses 19 and 20. And he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, the cup after they had eaten, saying, This cup that is poured out for you is the new covenant in my blood. So we get both the matter and the form here, but I want to just start with the matter of the sacrament of the Eucharist which is the bread and the wine. Uh, so just maybe just a really, really basic question. Uh, does it have to be bread and wine? Can you use anything other than, than bread or wine for the sacrament of the Eucharist? Absolutely not. You can't use a chock full of nuts. No, you can't use yeah. chock full of nuts. Definitely not. Yeah. I was hoping you were going to say, what's the matter? <laughs> Deacon, what's the matter? <laughs> It is, it is, it is bread and it is wine. It is bread and it is wine. We can only use bread and wine for the sacrament of the Eucharist. But it, it does beg the question, you know, why, why does the Lord choose these two elements, uh, these two substances, uh, this particular food and this particular drink? to communicate to us this particular sacrament? Um, I would say to begin with, or trying to collect my thoughts a little bit, but uh, even in the Old Testament, we see that like bread, so you have the manna in the desert, um, where God feeds his people as they're going through that. It's also put in the Ark of the Covenant. Mm. Um, and so there's this, this reference to bread as like God's providence and like his faithfulness to like be with his people, to provide for them. And then also like, because the mass is no longer a bloody sacrifice, but even what you quoted in Luke 22, that, you know, this is the, the blood of the new covenant. Um, and that the covenants, particularly, I think it's Exodus 24, um, where the new covenant, the old covenant is actually sealed in like the blood. And so yeah. the people are sprinkled with the blood and it's only actually in those sealings of the, of the covenants that the people actually get the blood of the sacrifice. that's yeah. actually sprinkled upon them. Right. And so like, like wine then becomes like kind of the symbol or like the, the symbol of like the blood of the sacrifice. So like it's fitting, that would be a liquid substance that we, you know, mm. that we get and stuff. But then also that wine is a sign of like joy or like a mm. sober intoxication um, you know, that says, you know, like wine to cheer man's heart. There's also this sense, too, that, you know, throughout the scriptures, the Lord keeps referencing a, a vineyard, um, especially like in Isaiah and these different things. And especially then in the New Covenant, um, the New Testament, where Jesus talks about being like grafted onto the vine. Um, and so even the sense of that, like to be like grafted under the vine is to, like to drink of the fruits of the mm -hmm. vine. And so even this deep sense of like being grafted into the family of God, it like shows a participation with it. So because of like the symbols that God used to like to prepare his people for like the full revelation of it, it's like fitting in that way as like a preparation for. And then just like in a natural sense, once again, that like bread is substance. You actually need you need yeah. food to survive and that life shouldn't just be suffering. There should be some joy in there. And That's so then right. you have some uh wine to cheer man's heart amen yes it's it's the food for the journey <laughs> it's mm. where uh it's where the, the lord of the rings yeah 
The lumber yeah, spread. Yes. Is 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 uh is a it's supposed to be you know the Tolkien is is showing us a, a little can't think of the words right now but he's trying to represent the yeah 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 (laughs) he's he's giving us like a a symbolic uh you know to show us what the eucharist is meant to be yeah if you're a lord of the rings fan then you can you can know that next time you read or see the movie yeah it's it's bread for the journey there's also two with both both bread and wine uh just even the way in which they are made uh so you have to to grind the wheat uh, and into flour, and then you have to to crush the grape to get the juice. Uh, and so there is, in this sense, too, that it, it does carry with it the sense of like of like dying, of being crushed, um, of of being poured out. Uh, and so there is this, even this element, even within the the food and the drink itself, that it has like a, a death and a resurrection sort of meaning within it where where you crush grapes to get wine um, and it is in that crushing that you get the juice that then ferments to that then makes your heart glad mm-hmm. um, and there is this 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 crushing of 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 the of the wheat and even uh, even burning it in, in a in a stove or a furnace to to, to then cook it so then it can rise and um, there's really nothing really better than like fresh bread out of the For sure. it's, it's it's rather delicious and so i even think there's there's a fittingness in in that as well where it has to be crushed it has to be ground up it's even like the lord's parable himself or you know that's a grain of wheat falls to the ground and yeah. die bears new life within itself it's like in a real way that the the wheat did die and was ground up but then it becomes like the source of all life for all christians yes amen so that is the the matter. Uh, that is the matter, Deacon. That's what's the matter. That's what's the matter. The the bread and the wine, and then we have the form as well. Uh, and so uh, maybe just a quick refresher. What what do we mean by again, like the form of a sacrament? The form uh, would be the. <clears throat> excuse me. Pardon me. You are excused. Thank you. Would be the the words that are spoken, or um, even the sometimes the actions, but it's it's for this uh, the, in the Eucharist. It's the words that are spoken by the priest over the the matter, which would be the the bread and the wine. Just to kind of carry on that too, mm-hmm. that uh, that the, the form is also particularly in the words it carries the essential meaning of what the sacrifice is. Um, and so most explicitly within the Eucharist, you know, that Christ himself says it, that this is my body, um, which is given up for you. You know, yeah. this is my blood. And so like the form of it, like it really is the body and blood of Jesus Christ. Yes. Yeah. No, by, by saying those words, um, the, the priest just uh, uh, affects um, the change that, they no longer are our bread and wine that they are now the body uh blood uh soul and divinity of of our dearly beloved lord jesus christ uh, how do you guys have any like helpful ways of maybe like trying to explain how that is where it's like it looks 
it smells, it tastes like bread and wine, but we say that and believe that it is actually Jesus on the altar. Yeah, I think kind of like the, the classic way of explaining that um, is that the accidents remain, but then the substance is like Christ himself. Mm-hmm. And what that means is that like, so like I, I, Brother Paul, have certain like accidental qualities. So I have like hair on my head, right? But like, it's like, it adheres in my substance, so mm-hmm. to speak. So it's like attached to who I am, right? It's yeah. not just like, it's not that my my hair is floating, but it's like actually like an essential part of me. And so then the Eucharist kind of blows up all these philosophical categories in which we say that the, the accidents don't adhere, adhere into the substance. So we would say like the accidents remain like, but it's not communicating like the inward reality of what mm-hmm. it is. When we say accidents, we don't want to confuse people. It's not like, we don't say, like when we hear the word accidents, we think of like mistakes, like I yeah, got into yeah, an accident yeah. or like I accidentally did that. Um, when we, we, we mean accident, we mean like, um, like I am 5'11", I have black hair, but if I were... Five five, and I had blonde hair. I would still be me. But by accidents, what we mean is that it's not essential. Yeah. Um, like universally held between all humans, that like everyone has to have black hair. Like to have to have hair is to like be human, right? So we'd say it's like mm-hmm. an essential characteristic. But that could be black. It could be blonde. It could be long. It could be short. Mm-hmm. You can even alter it yourself. And so they're accidental in that sense, in as much as that like they can be modified. They they're not the same across all demographics. So the ac- the accidents are what can be perceived by the senses. Yeah. So that's what okay. I can see. That's what helpful. I can smell. Because you can. I mean, there's. There's much more confusing ways to explain it, but I think the easiest way is is what you can perceive with your senses. So it's what you see, it's what you taste, it's what you smell. Yes. Um, so that all remains. That all remains. Yeah. So what you see is that it still looks like that little host, that little piece mm-hmm. of bread. What you taste is that it still tastes like bread or wine. Um, even if you were to smell it, it would have the smell right. of wine or right. the smell of bread. Um, <clears throat> but the the word that we use is, is transubstantiation and that word. So trans just means to change and then substantiate substantiation is what the substance of something is, what it is. So we change what it is, what it is, is no longer bread. What mm-hmm. it is, is no longer wine. It's a body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus. But what we perceive it to be in our senses, uh, how we experience it is still, uh, you know, we taste the taste of bread. We we smell the smell of wine, but what it is is no longer bread or wine. It is Jesus. And so the essence of what it is is changed, but the outward appearance of it is what remains. It's so wild. It is very wild. No, it is. It is. I mean, it's a matter of faith. <laughs> <laughs> That's so beautiful, though. It really is I do so want to just add one more thing yeah, here. because I'm just thinking about, uh, you know, as, as, as Catholics, there's the Western church and then there's the eastern church and so just in case anybody were to ever go to like a byzantine eastern Mm -hmm. catholic liturgy or something like that but um so for the western church if we go back to matter what the material is that we're using the bread and the wine um that the the western church so it has to be wheat bread Mm -hmm. and it has to be unleavened yeah um so this is also why just in case you know maybe sometimes you know people might be gluten-free 
Right. We can't use an actual gluten-free host. Right. It has to have some wheat. That's right. Yeah. Be a low gluten host. Yeah. You can do a low gluten host, Mm -hmm. but you can't do a gluten-free. So if it's made of rice, it's not valid matter. Yeah. Um, In that case, you would just maybe ask if you could receive from the chalice. Mm -hmm. Depending on the gluten tolerance. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But then in the East, so they use, they use the wheat bread, but it's leavened. So it's, it's actually, it looks like bread. Yeah. (laughs) It looks a little bit more like the bread that we're used to eating on a day-to-day basis. Mm -hmm. Um, So I just thought, you know, cause there is a lot of, um, I think there's a lot more people today who are either gluten intolerant or they're starting to maybe experience some of the the Eastern right. traditions in the, in the Catholic church on the Eastern side there. I think on that point, it's also important to, to say as well that like, just as it has to be wheat bread, that it has to be like alcoholic, alcoholic as well. Yep. Um, and so I know like for, for priests, you know, you probably never, maybe people have never thought of this, but if there's like a priest who, who was an alcoholic at some point in his life, um, that he still has to consecrate, um, wine. It has to be alcoholic. And so there is something called mustin, which is like basically like the least amount of fermented wine you can like find out there. And the alcohol content is like the lowest it could possibly be. And so, but it still has to be wine because, because these are so clearly revealed to us by Christ at the Last Supper, that this is what he used. He's very clearly instituting the sacrament of the new covenant, and this is what he is using. This, this is also, I'm going to say this, but it's also kind of a question, but it also has to be just grape wine, right? Yeah. 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 So I'm looking at canon law right now, which makes me feel wow, wow. some sort of way. But I actually did really bad in my canon law class. Oh, no. <laughs> Seth. But he's going to apply the law for us right now. Yeah. And you just told us you did bad. This I, I even yeah, well, I'm just going to read it. I'm okay, just okay, going to read okay, it. Okay, yeah. But it says the wine must be natural from the fruit of the vine and not spoiled. So it okay. does have to be a grape wine. Yes. Yeah. And it can't be spoiled. Can't the taste like vinegar. Bread. Yeah. Spoiled. So this actually then raises an interesting question then. Um, can... After after a host and after a chalice have been consecrated, is there at any point or time in which then it could cease to be the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ? Yeah. Um, so in the same way we talked about, like Brother Elijah was talking about the things that you can taste, touch, and see. Mm-hmm. Um, and so once any of, like once that's gone, so like in the case of a host... Um, like God forbid you would allow this to happen, but like, let's say it's at a tabernacle for six months and like it did, the, it did turn like white and there was mold growing on it and it was dissolving and like just have a glancing at it. Like you, you wouldn't recognize it as bread. Mm-hmm. We would say that's no longer Christ. It's no longer right. like the body, blood, soul, and divinity. Um, and kind of the same thing with the blood of Christ too. Like at a certain point, if you let wine sit out long enough, it just essentially just turns into vinegar. Right. And like once that happens, it would no longer be. Um, the blood of Christ. Yes. Um, and those would be terrible sacrilegious. No, no, you would happen. definitely, yeah. that, that should not be happening, yes. but 
Because um, sometimes what can happen is like, let's say, I mean, God forbid this happens to like a host gets dropped yeah. or something like that. Instead of consuming it, you dissolve it in water. Yes. It would be like a more common thing that would happen. And then you can. And yes. the, yeah. And then, and then like at a certain point, we would say that like, yeah, the host has dissolved and there might even be like little, like little, like puffy white, pu- speck. white specks that are still kind of right. floating in the water. But we wouldn't say that those like, once it no longer looks like bread, it's no longer Christ. Yes. Yes. Things you probably never knew or thought of or even considered, but this is, this is the kind of the, the, the hard hitting analysis that we bring to you at the beginning. One thing, one thing I would say is that, that also because there's been like, because we were getting like so minutia about like, well, how do we treat it? What do you do yeah. with it? When is it yeah. not? It, it's because of like how important it yes. is. And so the church has really developed like this thing is like so central to our way of life and the faith of the church that like, yeah, there's like a ton of parameters around it. And there's been millions of pages written on Mm -hmm. it because of how central it is. Oh, amen. And then also just along those lines that when we receive the Eucharist, excuse me, that the, that the Lord's presence in the Eucharist, the sacramental presence that is there remains in us as long as the species, either the bread or the wine, you know, that, that would it take for that to digest. Um, and so I think that's really important too, because, you know, sometimes after mass now, obviously if you have like a bunch of little kids or like something like that, and it's just, it's hard for you to stick around, but sometimes after mass, we can just rush off and yeah. go do something, yeah. you know, but, um, as, as, as much as you possibly can, um, if you would, just be able to to know that the Lord is is present for about fifteen minutes or so, mm-hmm. um, you know, sacramentally within us. That it's it's really good to make a, a Thanksgiving, yeah. um, you know, after receiving the Lord or even after the Mass is over. That you're that you're literally a tabernacle. That yes. like the the Eucharist exists in you. Like, and I forget what saint it was too, but I think they in their it might have been Faustina. I'm not sure, but you know. The Lord kind of like the Lord revealed to her that even as long as you are aware of the Eucharist being in you, like it does, the presence does perdure, you know what I mean? Um, But yeah, we would say generally speaking, 15 minutes. But if you are, if you sit there for a half hour or an hour after mass, or even if like in your car driving home and you're just in this contemplative place and you're just aware of, of, of Christ being in you in that way, I think like his presence is still perduring in you in that way no so that's a great segue into the grace uh, of what the eucharist is is like conferring for us um and so like elijah was talking about how it like it's with you for 15 minutes you're talking about saint faustina um and that is one of the graces Hopefully of saint it. faustina i might have i might have misquoted the and it was a direct that. quote from saint faustina <laughs> um as we know saint faustina's no i'm just kidding but uh but but the, the fact that the that when you receive the eucharist that as long as you don't have like mortal sin or there's some like type of grave impediment that like that, that grace of communion with the Lord does stay with you. Um, and not only is it like a horizontal, meaning that it does like bring you into like deep communion with God himself. It's communicating the divine life to you. There's also this vertical aspect to it as well. Whereas you actually become like one with the body of Christ that even like that all of the people that you're with in the church, that you're all participating in that one sacrifice. Um, and there should be this sense of like bonding together with the people around you. And then, so not just people in the, the pews, but then also like kind of like around the world who are all participating in this. And that's, I think that's really important as well, because 
Because it's, we, I mean, one of the names for the sacrament is is communion, and so it's why the church has all of uh, these rules about it. And it's not the rules for the rules' sake, because the the rules are actually teaching us something that if you don't actually believe what we believe, or if you know, you know, there's all sorts of situations that are, that are abounding in, in modern in our modern day where, you know public figures might be saying things contradictory to what the church believes. And so there's questions on like who can and should receive communion and, and why the church says that you should not is because, um, because this is communion and, and, yes. and, and, and you need to profess that, that, that we are one because it makes us one. And so if you don't actually believe what we believe, um, then you're actually not really communing with us and, um, and so that's why it's so important uh, mm-hmm. in, in so many different respects. Some of the other graces that we receive uh, when we receive communion, we receive the Eucharist, is that it also, also, it also, also. <laughs> my mouth is chock full of nuts right now. I can't really? even talk. Yeah. Uh, but it also nourishes. That's what I was trying to say. Mm-hmm. It nourishes and strengthens our abilities to forgive injuries and, and love one's enemies. Yes. I would say even with that too, that um, at least in my own experience, you know, it was like really experiencing the forgiveness of the Lord that I was unable to like forgive others in my life, you know, Mm -hmm. and that the Eucharist, sometimes we forget about this too, but it it does remove venial sins. Mm -hmm. Um, And so like when you do, like when you receive the Eucharist in a state of grace, like whatever sins you've been carrying with you are like removed, like it is a conferral of forgiveness. And in that aspect too, the Eucharist does take on this transformative kind of power to make you more like Christ, that it purifies you. Um, and then from that purification through the forgiveness of your own sins, um, the reception of the very charity of God, like it does then dispose you to have greater charity to those who offended you, to those around you. Um, it disposes you to, 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 to act more like Christ because he's, he's literally inside of you. He's with you. He's giving you the grace. <laughs> no, and I think these are, are certainly some of the biggest impediments to communion and union on that horizontal level for sure is is those that have have injured us um and and our enemies and and our ability to then to forgive those injuries to to laverners because because that's why that that vertical union is even possible um because you know saint paul says that we were still enemies of christ um, and and he loved us and he forgave us and so that that union with with God is only possible because he forgave us when we were, we were enemies with him. Yeah. So now then, then that, that grace can then now spread down to amongst the members. Well, it's you, like you only get the communion of God because of the sacrifice. Yeah. And so like, there is a certain, like we would say like primacy, um, like to the sacrificial nature that like reestablishes us like in relationship with God that then leads to communion. 
And like, like that's why we like celebrate the mass before mm. reception of communion. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's also like, you're never going to get the vertical right either. Yeah. If you don't have the horizontal, right. Mm. And so there is a sense of that. Like if I'm not in communion with God, if I'm not humbling himself like before him. If I'm not allowing him to forgive me of my sins, my trespasses, if I'm not allowing that grace of the Eucharist to transform me, uh, to become more like him, then like it, it's, you're not going to be in communion with those around you either. Yeah. Like it starts with like, there's yeah. like a primacy in the horizontal. Yeah. Um, and I'm saying primacy, like it's like a strict dichotomy. Like the two are kind of mm-hmm. one, like you yes. know, Christ says like, love your neighbor as yourself. Yes. Um, this is the, the worship he desires. Yeah. Yeah. The worship he desires. Yeah. Um, but it starts with the horizontal. Mm-hmm. We could, I think we could say there's like an ordering to it. That, for like, sure. For sure. Yeah. Well, I was hoping that we'd have a chance to talk about the minister of of this sacrament, and uh, the minister is is the priest, and it has to be a priest. Uh, but I think we'll just wait to talk about that when we do our episode on on holy orders, because yeah. uh, I think those will be obviously very very related. Yeah. So, a little preview of coming attractions, but this will conclude our our conversation. This two part uh, on the sacrament of, of the Eucharist. Yeah. Uh, so thank you brothers for, for sharing your, your goodness and your wisdom and your insight. I do want to just say one more quick thing. Please, yeah, yeah. Um, and this will also kind of go into another one of the sacraments, but um, just we're talking about the grace of the Eucharist and, you know, the horizontal, horizontal and the vertical. Um, but just to remember, and maybe there's, there's people who maybe they don't know this uh, just because they were never taught it, but hmm. you know, that if you do commit a grave sin, yeah, that you are to receive the sacrament of confession yeah. before you can receive the Eucharist. That's right. Um, and I think that, um, I think unfortunately there's maybe Catholics who, you know, through no fault of their own or they weren't yeah. taught or, um, but there seems to be, you know, the bishops are, are calling for a Eucharistic revival, yeah. you know, to, to really put our faith back in Jesus and the Eucharist. And many Catholics know that there's been a great decline Mm-hmm. in people really believing in the true presence. And I think that, you know, maybe part of this issue may also be the negligence of the sacrament of confirmation yeah. and people really examining their consciences and and coming to Jesus. And you mean confession? Uh, confession. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Confession. What did I say? Confirmation. Oh, yeah. Well, that it's all connected. We need it all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, confession. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and so just if you... You know, if, you, if you're going to mass, if you haven't been to confession in a while, um, even if you've missed mass on a Sunday, you need to go to confession before yeah. you can receive right. uh, the blessed sacrament. Um, you, yeah, just to, to kind of state that more, like you are obligated to go to mass on Sundays yeah. unless there's a grave reason why yeah. you couldn't make it. But you're not obligated to receive communion. But you're not obligated to receive communion, but you need to get your... You need to get yourself there. Get, get your Self. feet in the church yeah. doors. Yeah. <laughs> So, and even if you are in a place where you can't receive the Eucharist, still go to mass because there are still graces there yes. to help you to come back to Jesus. Yeah. Um, and it's not about shame and it's not about um, what people think of you. If you don't go up to receive, like yeah. it's, it's about you honoring the Lord and doing what he's, he's asking of you so you can receive that grace. That's right. Well, it's time for our, uh, our question. Last week, dun, dun, I threw dun. a really heavy question at you guys. Yes, my back is still thrown out. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So I'm going to go to the other side of the spectrum today. We just had this really, this is going to feel really random, like a complete non sequitur. So I apologize to you who answered the question. And I apologize to our listeners who have just followed us on this deep journey to the Eucharist. And I'm but yet to, he's going to ask the question. Yeah, I'm going, to yank, his, I'm going to yank us back into La La Land. But uh, we began the episode just kind of talking about just our, our, our time in the summer, enjoying the summer. And summer is also known for the summer blockbuster movie. Mm. Yes. And I'm curious if you have a, a favorite summer blockbuster movie that you've experienced at the theater. Oh my goodness. It's a great question. I can't think of one, but. So it's hard because I don't remember what movies have come out in the summer. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> well, just, you know, the summer blockbuster is typically um, like explosions, action. Yeah. You know. Wow. I, I can't, so I also, I love summer movies. I don't know if I remember any, but I'm, I'll tell you the experience of it. As both me and my brother were like working construction. And I remember, he's my older brother. And there was like, I remember there was like one like Friday. We like both got out for work and he was like, hey, let's go to Rapid. Get Chinese food and then go to the movies. And it might've been like Pacific Rim, which is like one of the greatest movies ever. <laughs> you um, just took my answer, man. Yeah. You just yeah. took my answer. And, uh, and like, yeah. And so like we, we hepped out and like went and like did a Chinese buffet and they went to the movies. It was pretty glorious. Uh, that's great. But it was, you saw Pacific Rim. I think that I, it was yeah. something either that or like, fa it was some type of action movie yeah, yeah, or like Fast sure. and the Furious. Like yeah. I don't remember exactly. Hilarious. So I don't remember if this movie came out in the summer. Yeah. And it might've just been, so it was at the drive-in. Oh, so sometimes that sounds, oh, dude, like, the drive summer. sometimes yeah. sounds like the summer. Sometimes like play yes. a movie that's been out. Yeah. But I, I'm pretty sure I remember seeing Jurassic Park at the drive-in. Wow, that's pretty epic. T-Rex yeah. is on a big screen. I mean, no, so I, I loved going yeah. to the drive-in. You know, you're, sit, you're sitting on the blanket. You got the car pulled up. That's so the drive-in was great. So that was always a real fun experience for me. Shout out um, to the Mitchell drive-in. Yeah. So <laughs> the Mitchell drive-in. Brother Paul took my first answer. It was going to be Pacific Rim. So I will say, I remember in like high school or junior high work in basketball camp all day my cousins were in town going to basketball camp and then that evening we went and saw like toby mcguire spider-man oh yeah well, that's that's also a classic so that was a good summer first experience. yeah for sure yeah so well thanks for joining us again on the uh the podcast and join us next week as we will get into the sacrament of confession it is a good segue that is a good segue yeah yeah uh, so may the Lord bless you and keep you. May he shine his light upon you and give his grace to you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Become Fire podcast. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit can be found online at www.becomefire.faith. That's dot F-A-I-T-H. The Franciscan Friars of the Holy Spirit are also a 501c3 charitable organization. If you feel called in any way to give financially to their mission, please go to www.becomefire.faith/give. That's becomefire.faith/give. May the Lord give you his peace. We'll see you next time.